0: Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, so glad to be with you once again here on the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Walter Estorholt here with David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors with an office in Overland Park. Find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. We've got a great show on the way for you. Today, we're going to be talking about three ways to reduce your RMDs. Just as we are trying to reduce the amount of stuff still probably lingering in our stomachs at this point, David, (laughs) after stuffing ourselves over Thanksgiving, did you have a good holiday with the family? I
1: did. It was pretty awesome, and I stuffed myself pretty good. (laughs) So let me ask you this, Walter. Did you have any
0: good pie? Uh, We did. uh, So, you know, I don't I don't know if we've talked about this on the show much this year, but I've been I've been eating really healthy this year. So this was like the first dessert I've had in months, (laughs) but we still tried to keep it somewhat healthy. So the typical Thanksgiving in the past would have probably been some pumpkin pie, some apple pie, and then maybe like a wild card chocolate chess pie or something like that, you know, or cookies or something to supplement, you know, because two desserts isn't enough. There'd usually be a (laughs) third item in there. Exactly. This year, no. Mom made just a nice, simple, like little apple turnover tart kind of thing, and it was delicious. It was
1: great. Sounds pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. How about you? Well, I'm kind of big on the, um,
1: well, the biggest decision is whether you're going to have vanilla ice cream or Cool Whip. There you go. That's right. But uh, I'm kind of a um, pecan chocolate chip pie guy ooh, very nice i'm totally happy to have a a piece of pumpkin pie or an apple pie to to supplement Mm -hmm. but somewhere in the day needs to be some pecan chocolate chip pie
0: now i have heard of certainly pecan and chocolate pie and being mixed together and all that but not pecan chocolate chip pie that's the first i've ever heard of chocolate chip pie well, it's
1: pretty where darn are the, Where good. are the chips?
0: Are, are, are they like sprinkled on top or they just sort of meld into, the, into uh, the pot? They're
1: melded and mixed in, so okay. you get a little happy little bite. Maybe a chocolate chip with every bite. Interesting.
0: That is pretty cool. Again, never heard of it being the chip form. Usually just the chocolate sort of, you know, in it is part of it. But to still just do the chips, that's intriguing. Hmm. <laughs> it's got like a chocolate chip cookie element to it where some <laughs> exactly. bites have more chocolate chips than others.
1: Yeah. You gotta have the um the pecan sandy crust mm-hmm. on with it. And so it's All uh right, we're gonna, gonna, gonna sort although there's recipes a lot of variations, Walter. Show. You know, you kinda <laughs> yeah, you know, take it anywhere any direction you want to go. That's right. Graham cracker crust, you could have the uh,
0: Oreo crust. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. All right, now you're talking my language. It sounds very good. Uh, we uh, we're going to put our pumpkin pie off until Christmas. So we're going to we we said instead of doing them both at Thanksgiving, we did the apple, and then around Christmas we'll do the uh, we'll do some pumpkin pie somewhere in there. We're spread spreading it out a little bit this That's year. That's good restraint and calling it healthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, well, let's dive into the. Oh, I say this a lot, but now I can actually use the pun this time of year. Let's dive into the meat and potatoes of today's program. <laughs> uh three ways to reduce your rmds now we'll get to those ways in a moment but for a refresher course because we're always picking up new listeners here on the show david i know some of our old old time listeners are going to know the answer to this question so they can just feel good about themselves listening to this answer and answering along with you but for new listeners out there remind us what an rmd is again
1: yeah, so so any of our listeners that are over 72, they obviously, they certainly know what an RMD is. And, I, and I'll get to that definition here in just a minute, but let me take one further step back and just remind everybody, when your paycheck comes and you have money taken out of it for a 401k or a 403b or a 457 or whatever it is at your company, or maybe you just do an IRA for yourself and you have money taken out uh, monthly or every other week for that. So you get a tax deduction every year for the money you put into your IRA. But effectively, what you've done is set up a partnership between you and the IRS because you're getting tax deferral on that growth, on that money. But when you take the money out in retirement, the IRS has a claim on a piece of that money. So let's say you've done reasonably well for yourself. Maybe you've got an IRA worth a million bucks. At that point, including your Social Security, you're very likely to find yourself in the 25% tax bracket. And not only does the IRS have a claim on that tax deferred money, but Topeka and Jeff City also have a claim on that money. So it's very likely that when you get to over 70 years old, 30% of, your, of what you've saved for retirement isn't going to belong to you. It's going to belong to the taxing authorities, the IRS and the state. So million bucks, $700,000 for you, $300,000 for the IRS and the state. Then when you turn 72, the IRS says, hey, Walter, we've been waiting a long time for this money and we haven't gotten any tax dollars out of it. So even if you don't need any of this money, we really need to require that you take some money out of there. And so that is the required minimum distribution. A couple of years ago, that started at age 70 and a half. With a change to the tax law during kind of the COVID thing, that got moved to age 72. So the year you turn 72, you have to start taking money out of your 401ks and IRAs and 403bs and those types of plans.
0: So helpful to get a little bit of that background. Now, what's the average RMD or if I'm trying to calculate what I'm going to have to take out, like what's, what's that number look like?
1: Okay. So, so there's a calculation and the, and the percentage you have to take out goes up every year because eventually, you know, the IRS would like to get their hands on all that money. So if our listeners were to Google, what is my RMD percentage, or you could Google uh, something like uniform life table, you'll get a a table of numbers that has ages down probably the left-hand column. And then some, probably it's labeled as life expectancy numbers on the right hand side. So what you do is you take that number and I'm looking at one right now. And for instance, at age 72, the number on the right hand side is 25.6. So all you would do is divide the dollar amount that you have saved up in your IRAs by 25.6. And that's gonna tell you what your required distribution is in the first year. And then that percentage goes up each year as you live longer. So let me give some, just a real quick specific number. If you divide that by 100, what you're gonna end up with is at 3.906. So as a percentage, the first year, you have to take out 3.906% of your IRA balance. If you have a million dollar IRA, Pretty simple. You got to take out $39,062.50. If you have a half million dollar IRA, you got to take out about half of that. If you have a two million dollar IRA, well, you got to take out almost 80 grand. And if you don't, there's a penalty of 50%. (laughs) So the IRS is dead set on getting their hands on this money.
0: That's a big penalty, 50%. Ooh, I've never, have you ever heard of a penalty that big? No, that's, that's like the NFL fining football players at that level. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, so the money's coming out. It is truly required. And that's how you calculate it. Uh, if you get all the way to 100, my table that I'm looking at goes to age 115. And at age 115, you have to take out about 56% of the balance. So it never really goes to a hundred percent, but how many of us are gonna to get to age 115? So eventually somebody's probably gonna inherit some of that money, but the IRS wants their bite
0: as we go along. All right, so that makes sense. Uh, pretty good lay of the land, what those RMDs are, how they are calculated. So the goal is to try and reduce those RMDs and you've got three strategies for us. So let's walk through them. What's number one?
1: I do. So first of all, you can't avoid them. You can only reduce them. So one is, uh, which I use with a lot of my clients, because my clients tend to be givers. And so once you're, actually the law never changed. So once you're over 70 and a half, you're actually able to do this. But let's just keep it simple and say at age 72, when you're required to take money out, and let's say you give money to your church or to some missionaries or to your university. If it's a, 501c3 tax exempt organization, you can have your IRA custodian, maybe that's TD Ameritrade, maybe it's Fidelity, maybe it's Schwab, but you can have them write a check directly to that institution or church or missionary. And what happens when they do that is that amount goes towards satisfying your required distribution. However, it never shows up on the IRS radar screen. So you don't have to pay tax on that money that you give directly to one of these 501c3s. That's called a Qualified Charitable Distribution or a QCD. It hadn't been around forever. It's only, I think it's been around for maybe five years. It's pretty awesome for people who give. What you might also be thinking in your brain right now is, well, that'd be great because the money that I... Give to my church otherwise, now that I don't itemize my deductions, I don't get to write that off anymore. So, this is a way to continue to be charitable with your IRA money and not have it count as income to you. Only a couple things that go with that. You have to be over 70 and a half. It can't be more than 100 grand a year, but each of you and your spouse could give 100 grand a year
0: and have it be covered. By this qcd all right that's helpful so qcd keyword or key letters acronym to remember what about uh strategy number two so there's a kind of a little known loophole here which is the i'm going to loosely call it the
1: still working exemption and so if you're still working at age 72 at a company that has a 401k plan you are not required to take a withdrawal there is no required distribution from that 401k or 403b plan while you're still employed at that company. But as soon as you leave that company, of course, RMDs start. So two things to note here. First of all, you can't own more than 5% of the company. So if you're the owner and you own 50% of the company, this does not apply to you. But if you're a worker and you're not a, a material owner of the company, you can do this. So no required distribution on that. And let's just say that you spent 10 or 20 years working for another company and you have an outside IRA or two or three from old companies. A lot of these 401k plans will allow you to roll old IRAs into their plan. If you're 72 and you're still working, you would not have to take a required distribution out of your company's 401k, but you would have to take it out of any IRA rollovers that you have if your company allows you to roll those into the company 401k plan then you wouldn't have to take a required distribution out of any of those accounts either so that's a if you find yourself still working whether because you have to or because you want to and your company has a 401k plan that's a pretty easy fix to delay doing required distributions until the point at which you're not working Anymore.
0: Helpful once again, David. Thank you for the details there. Two strategies down, one to go. The goal is to reduce RMDs. What's our third strategy?
1: Yeah, so the third one is is you know one of my favorite topics. I talk about it a lot. And this would be a strategy for doing partial Roth conversions, usually before you turn 72. So kind of that sweet spot of doing these is after you turn 59 and a half because there are penalties for taking money out before 59 and a half. So in between 59.5 and a half and 72, there's an opportunity to convert IRA money into Roth IRA money. The cost of doing that is you pay the tax when you do it instead of later. So this is a little bit complicated. And, and if you're a really, really good do-it-yourselfer, You can probably do this yourself but i think you'd want to get some good advice on it but what you'd kind of want to do let's say that you retired at 62 and by the time you get to 72 you're going to have some pretty large required distributions you're going to have what we call forced distributions in other words it's money that they're going to make you take out and you don't need to live on so if you're looking forward to distributions at 72 and some of them are going to be a forced distribution. You are a candidate for doing some Roth conversions. You pay the tax now, but Roth IRAs do not have required distributions. So you don't ever have to take money out of a Roth. So that's a way of executing a strategy in your 60s that will reduce the amount of required distributions you have in your 70s. Because you found a tax smart way of doing Roth conversions in your 60s before required distributions kicked in in your 70s. A little complicated, but Walter, I've got a number of clients that we are doing this with every year as they're in their 60s, not working anymore, but we're preparing for that time when in their 70s, they would have... Pretty large required distributions that they don't need, so we're trying to whittle those down in their sixties.
0: There you go. A good strategy is all together, and I assume you can kind of combine and and use these different strategies in conjunction with one another to to kind of enhance the effect of of each one individually.
1: Absolutely, especially the qualified charitable di- distribution, and w- once you get to seventy two, that's that's a fantastic way to reduce your tax bill and still be charitable. So that's the, that's the easiest one. If you're at all charitable and you're 72, I can't really think of a good reason why you wouldn't be doing QCDs and maybe some Roth conversions at the same time. Roth conversions they tend to be sequenced, so you'd wanna get most of your Roth conversions done before 72 and then QCDs after 72. It's all part of that planning process. It's not only making sure you don't run out of money, in the future, but most of my clients would like to be tax smart about their money. They want to pay every penny that they owe, uh, but not a penny more than what they owe. So if there's some strategies you can use to be tax smart in retirement, a lot of those need to be thought about before you get into the position where the IRS has you exactly where they want you. And that's at 72 when you've got big IRAs, forced distributions. And really, you're
0: pretty much out of options at that point. Well, for those of you who want some more details on Roth IRAs and conversions and those conversations, it is one of our favorite topics here on the show. So we've got lots of directions to point you in uh, toward Uh, a couple of episodes you might want to go check out. Episode 102 is when it's a good time for a Roth conversion and a discussion in further detail about that specific question. And even a little bit more recently, back on episode 141, not too long ago, just a little bit earlier this fall, we had a mailbag question about uh, whether you should contribute to a Roth 401k. So a little bit different spin on the topic, but still some great concepts in that conversation as well. So go check those out. Again, that's episode 141 most recently, if you want some more details on Roth IRAs and conversions and those sorts of things. Uh, David, thanks for filling us in on some good details on how we can reduce those RMDs and we'll look forward to another good episode with you soon.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, you know we're closing in on year-end, so I'm working on um, maybe um, kind of a year-end checklist while we still have a little bit of time.
0: So we can look forward to that. Uh, if not next week, week after that. All right, we are narrowing down to the last few weeks of the year. We'll have some good stuff ready for everybody on the future episodes of the show. New episodes every week. Join us right back here once again on the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. For David, I'm Walter, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. Investment advisory services offer through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.